Hello everybody, it's me Ross and welcome back to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Fan Social and for the second week running, the fifth serving of the Kings of Anglia podcast this week. Hope you've enjoyed all the content that we're bringing you. I have three fine gentlemen joining me today. It's good old Welsh Mark. Henry making his second appearance and it's been a while since he's been on the show. Looking forward to catching up with him and good old Liam from Crewe joining me to discuss all things town. I want to go right over to Wales. It's Welsh Mark. How are you, my friend? I'm very well, thank you, Ross. I'm a bit cold because it's um it has stopped snowing here, but it has been snowing today and it was bleeding freezing. It was 17 degrees last weekend and about minus seven this morning. So I took the dog for a walk and it was bitterly, bitterly cold. Luckily, I was saved by the warmth of my Itchy's Town top and my terrace thermos flask with Itchy's Town on the front and the 1981 Pioneer kit, which was great. So, you know, thank you very much, Itchy's Town. You saved my life this morning. So, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, quite happy. Yeah, enjoyed the fans' forum. It's been a cracking week. Lots of Kings of Anglia socials and, and pods and things to listen to. So, uh, on my travelling battles and forwards to work, it's been terrific listening to all the stuff that's come out and uh, really enjoyed it. So, yeah, good week. Indeed, and we're, yeah, we've been spoiling you, and then of course the club and other content out as well. So it's uh, non-stop every day. There's something to watch, to consume, and enjoy. Um, so that's fantastic. And uh, Henry, welcome back to the show. It's been a while. How have you been since then? And uh, yeah, it's great to have you. Thank you, thank you for having me on again. Um, yeah, I've been all right. Just been uh, getting on the the train up and down and the bus replacements to it, such uh, which has been great. Uh, but yeah, like they said, like Mark said, lots of content. Uh, looking forward to tonight. It's a pleasure to have you on, my friend. And the final man that is joining us is good old Liam from Crew. Me and him enjoyed a, a nice little day out at the theatre on Wednesday to see the Only Fours and Awesome musical. So not the Phantom Opera or, you know, the other famous musicals and stuff you have. But um, Liam, hope you're doing well. Um, it was a great time, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, uh, it was fantastic. We've been looking to try and do that for a couple of years and the pandemic has put a massive uh, stop to that. So uh, it was well... Well worth the wait. Um, been a strange week, though. I mean, I was at Portman Road on Saturday. Um, I've got fair skin, so I was a little bit um, unsure without any cream on Saturday. The sun blaring at the side of my face. And then I go out for a walk just after work today, and I'm walking with a bobble hat on because it's absolutely Baltic and a bit of snowing. So, uh, yeah, Um Strange, strange, strange times that uh, we seem to be living in. Yeah, the weather is just mad. British weather is just, uh, it's a typical British thing to talk about is the weather, talking about, you know, it's too hot, it's too cold, all that sort of stuff. Um, this weekend's going to be very different, I think, in terms of weather, because, yeah, the fan zone was just, it was, well, there's so many people in there enjoying the sunshine, plenty of beers down them. You know, now it's maybe a bit of hot chocolate or you know, a cup of tea to warm yourself up because I think it's gonna be a little bit chillier in the fan zone. Um, can I recommend get... Penderin? Yeah, other whiskies are available, but Penderin's very good in the cold. Yeah, there we go, then perfect, <laughs> perfect little little tip there from Welsh Mark. He always brings us so great tips. Um, well, we're gonna be talking about a lot of things on today's podcast, so settle in, enjoy. Uh, we're gonna jump right into having a little look back at March as a whole. Um, a good month in terms of clean sheets, um, lots of wins. Of course, a few draws. One of the draws, well, both of the draws actually, were a bit disappointing um, because of the late equaliser. And then, of course, a goal that was a goal that was, of course, disallowed. Um, but yeah, 2-1, uh, 2-1, two, we didn't concede. A 2-0 win at Fleetwood, of course, to start of the month. Uh, then a 2-1 win over Lincoln. A 0-0 draw Pompey. 
Macaulay Bond's goal should have counted, but whatever. One one draw with Oxford, of course, that last minute equaliser, which still sort of hurts us a little bit. And of course, a one 0 win over Plymouth over the on the weekend just gone. Um, Mark, it was a good month, clean sheets all round. Um, how would you reflect on the month as a well? whole? I would reflect on it uh, as a as a month of missed opportunities. I'm afraid. If somebody told us at the start of the season that we would go five games and only concede one goal uh, in, the, in the early months of September and October, I would have been absolutely delighted and, quite frankly, astounded. Because at that point of the season, I don't think we could manage five minutes with the, without conceding a goal. Um, so that's, that's a sign of progress. However, I sat watching the Oxford game and I tweeted... Well, stupidly, with about ten minutes to go, you know, this is the moment we really make our point and stake a claim. You know, this, you know, we are, and then obviously, Pompey, uh, sorry, Oxford equalised right at the death, and I thought a complete bleeding wally for putting it out there. But I really did think that second half performance was terrific, and I really think we deserve that win. And their manager has admitted that we outplayed him in the second half, and we really did. If we kept that clean sheet, if that Bond goal had been allowed. And we got away with that and we take in the extra four points from those two games, how different things would be now. So, yes, I'm afraid that terrific in patches, defensively sound, the the the, the improvement in performance is vast since the start of the season, you know, and you, you can be nothing but pleased. However, if we'd just taken some chances, a bit of a nudge of luck, a scrappy goal, a striker on a roll. We did have Jackson scored two goals in the first two games of the month, but he's out now. You know, um, but those those two draws that could have been two wins and it would have been so different. So I'm going to have to say it was a month of missed opportunities. A good month over the course of the season. If we if we continued that five game run, we you know, we'd be fine. Okay, But I think at this point now, draws aren't good enough. We need wins. And, you know, I I think we we missed out narrowly. Yeah, I think that's what the um, season well, video will be the review is uh, missed opportunities, you know, what if and all that sort of stuff. Um, Henry, what's, what's your takeaways from the month of March? Um, Sam Morsey, of course, get on the score sheet for the first time. Well, he's, of course, scored twice. But yeah, that just the Oxford game still hurts. Yeah, that was that was really gutting. And even the, the Pompey game, I got the, I was lucky enough to get the, the train back with a lot of the Pompey fans. And they were pretty much laughing at how, we, how they got away with it. Um which is which is actually pretty gutting to sit next to for about four hours. Um, the the other the other side of it, we beat Lincoln comfortably, beat beat Plymouth um, with ease. And again, there like, that was a worry probably halfway through the season. Oh, also right probably to the start of the month, we haven't beaten a team around us, and we go beat Plymouth one 0 We were the only team that looked like we were going to score uh, throughout the whole ninety minutes. So that's another very like very good positive. I, I echo what Mark says there. <laughs> what if if buts and maybes you can go back to the end of April uh, end of uh, Feb sorry Cheltenham and Morecambe games tying into the Oxford and Portsmouth games it's a bit gutting but it's, it's, it's far superior to where we were start of the season near Christmas time all that type of stuff um, but <laughs> a fantastic effort but also consistency which has actually been quite nice to see consistency in performance um yeah, it, it's just a bit gutting because what, what if, basically? Yeah, what if, what if will be the, the title of um, any podcast going forward because, yeah, what if with this great run? And um, Liam, uh, clean sheets galore, which has been fantastic. You know, Jordan, we, we lost him for the rest of the season, Caden Jackson, so the injuries came up as well. But luckily, Sam Morsey wasn't too serious and he, he is now back in the team and he, he's been scoring goals. But um, how would you look back on 
March as a month? Uh, you've, you've got to, the, the other boys have summed it up pretty much. I was going to mention the last month with Morecambe and Cheltenham. Again, it, it's weird because everything is stacked up um, in how we started the season. The whole narrative of this this six-month, well, this less than six-month, but like four-month period that McKenna had uh, when he came, took charge, all of it has been kind of, the narrative has just been bossed by how we started the season. And so it's amazing. The stats are amazing. It's all fantastic. But it's just not quite enough because we've just left ourselves so much work to do. But we've had opportunities and we've had those opportunities where we could have closed the gap and been right in there and been like within a win uh, of the playoffs. And we haven't taken those opportunities when they came to us. And, and Cheltenham, Cheltenham was a killer because that night we absolutely battered them and we didn't, didn't obviously score in the end. We, we, we ended up nil, nil, Morecambe would we have won but this month I, I haven't I think this month has been almost perfect in the way that we've controlled every single game first half against Oxford was a little bit hit and miss and we, we they did have chances but they didn't have anything that you would say were absolutely outstanding that they missed um, they were pretty comfortable for Walton most of the chances that they had and then second half, we were just all dominant. And the most frustrating thing about that is um, that last-minute goal, uh, just seeing the streams of people coming out of the stadium and into that car park right next to where the away fans are, all celebrating a goal that they didn't even see because they'd left. They'd lost faith in their team, and yet they were giving it all this to us lot in the away end um, from the car park. For, because of the re reaction that they could hear from the stadium. And it just absolutely pissed me off, to be honest. Um, but, I mean, that Oxford game was, was so, so, so good. Um, and it, it is frustrating that the Portsmouth game, again, we were dominant. And look, OK, I can understand why the linesman didn't give it, um, even though if technology was used, and that's a debate for another day, um, it, it probably would have gone in our favour. But um, we still had enough in that game that we could have created another couple of chances to win that game. We just didn't do quite enough in the end, and Portsmouth, Portsmouth were happy with the point. It, it, it's just frustrating that it could have been so much better, and yet we're still here on life support but still kind of thinking that it's not quite there, even though we could have been even closer. And it is just that that what-if um, kind of thing, I think. But it's all great momentum going forward, and we just have to, have to keep going. And whatever happens this season, we're going to be in for one hell of a ride next season. Indeed, yeah. and uh, yeah, we're ending this season off um, very well indeed, and I think that's, oh, well, we're all loving it, aren't we? Exciting times ahead. Uh, now let's talk about um, the players as a whole in March. Player of the month, um, Sam Morsey's won the official club one. Uh, of course, fans voted for that, but it's an opportunity now for you to have the power to choose your player of the month. So, um, Welsh Mark, 
Who are you going for? Well, I've got a list of potentials here. Uh, Morsey, we'll leave him out, but he's been absolutely outstanding. You know, he really has risen to the occasion. And when he came on in the second half and turned that game around, I, I, I you know, it was a heck of a second half performance. Uh, Bursant Salina, who I was a little critical of earlier in the season because, you know, I, I felt that he drifted in and out of games and he didn't really impose himself. And I still feel he does to a certain extent. But looking back, I was listening to the, the Kings of Anglia pod and apparently of the six goals, last six goals that we've scored, he's had a hand in all six of them, either directly or indirectly, which is quite interesting. And he seems to have found a role uh, and developed and, and, and grown. And he looks fitter, sharper and, and, and hungrier, If you know, so I, I think he's well worthy of being up there. Burns is, is is just consistently brilliant and Welsh, and he's you know what can you say? Brilliant Welsh and fast. He you know he deserves uh, you know just just applause for being Welsh. Really, um, Jackson had he played all the way through this month, he, he might have been a contender because he started it with two goals in the first two games, and he was really hitting some form. Um, but unfortunately, injury has curtailed his season somewhat. Cameron Burgess deserves a mention. He's come in and and you know from absolutely nowhere really hadn't played for what seems like a heck of a long time uh, and you know when he was playing in the last few games he he you know he did look a little error prone and and you know and he was struggling but he slotted back in perfectly he really does look up you know like he could play quite comfortably there and, and you know we haven't missed Edmondson that's the biggest credit you can give him and he's been you know a, a terrific player all season uh, and Luke Wolferden as well I mean you know he's a player who's come on absolute leaps and bounds uh, you know, he really does look a quality championship centre half now. He really does. You know, he's added a little bit more physicality to his to his game. His focus is sharper. His distribution is good. You know, he still does sometimes look a little bit relaxed for me on occasions when he when he comes forward. But you know, I, I can't fault him. He looks a much much better player than he did you know twelve eighteen months ago. So it's it's amazing really to be sat here because going back earlier in the season and going back perhaps the season before and certainly the season before that. We would have struggled to find two contenders for player of the month. And now I've got a, a list of six potentials there. And I'm sure there are some that I've missed out. But, you know, that, I think that's a, a sign of our progress. But I would have to say, overall, the player of the month for me has still got to be Sam Morsey. I just think that he is absolutely vital to everything that we do. And I said from the start, what I love about Morsey the most is the fact that he must be a pain in the ass to play for. Because if you make a mistake or if a pass doesn't get to him or if you do something wrong, you can see him on the pitch berating his teammates and giving them a rocket. And I love that because that's what we've desperately needed for a long, long time. Because we've been too nice for seasons, you know, and we haven't had, well, we had, Chambo to an extent, but I think Morsey's different, you know, because I think he's right in the heart of it and he leads by example and he goes in and he puts a biting tackle in, in the first couple of minutes and he makes a mark and he does all the nasty little things that you love to see. And, you know, I think we've missed a bit of that. So I would have to say my player of the month is going to be, I know it's predictable, but, it, but it's Sam Morsey. I think he's he's the, the vital cog in that machine that keeps everything ticking along at, at a higher level. Though I have to say, I, I put Bursa and Celine were a fairly close second. Mm, wow. Good options, as you said. It's um, a couple of seasons ago. We had every every month is like who's going who are we going to pick because we've been rubbish. Um, but Henry, over to you then. Um, Welsh March a lot of players out there, but um, are you going to chuck another player out there? And who is your I, player, Mark? I was going to say Mark. That's great minds think alike because I think we had pretty much the same list of players there. Uh, I've got, got to say, Henry, we haven't even mentioned Jano Danasian, who probably hasn't uh, played football in any just, game. Just about to come up, uh, JD. Um, you could have mentioned Walton as well. I know. Even in the five games, he doesn't probably doesn't have to do too much because the defence in front of him does does a great job. But what's it? Four clean sheets 
against some, against some decent strikers, against some decent attacking options. Um, his command in the box, what, uh, most recently against uh, Plymouth, yeah, Plymouth at the weekend, claimed a couple of corners. And again, Zaki at the start of the season, or he had Gherkin, or he had um, goalkeepers before that, always looked a bit suspect under a high ball. But Walton really does claim claim them well. So he's not really going to be in with a shout because I think, Mark, you know most of the guys I had, one, two, and three. But he's got to have a mention in there. Four clean sheets out of five is pretty good. Um, of course, JD, uh, long live Donacence or Donassian. Um He's he's great down there. His like his link up play with Burns is fantastic. Defensively on the cover is great. Um, get happy to take the ball to feet again. Like you said, Burgess left hand slotted in really nicely on that left side of centre back, um, and it makes it kind of adds to the dynamic of the team due to him being left footed, being able to always look uh, across instead of always going back where Edmondson would have to go cross pitch or uh, back to Wolfenden. Uh, yeah, Burgess can go down the line to Thompson or in infield, which is always quite useful. Um, again, the other mentions, Luco occasionally at home has been great. Doesn't he doesn't like going away from home occasionally? Um, and then Chaplin comes up, looks um, that that through ball to Burns, then Burns back to uh, Selena for the game against Oxford. I mean, he had quite a big involvement, um, but again, like, it just falls down to Morsey again. With the way McKenna plays, Morsey is absolutely pivotal, integral of side, uh, part of that side. Defensively, in the transition, he's making very professional fouls, which again, he saw against uh, Plymouth. He tripped someone up and gave JD an absolute um, mouthful for not getting involved, not getting tight enough. Uh, he takes that one for the team. But also going forward, he beats a man. He drives forward with the ball which then breaks the lines up and then creates more space for Selena because the other midfielders have got to then try to engage with him. So I think that creates, I think he makes other people play better as well around him. Um, and he pops up with a goal, which is fantastic to see. Uh, and if you take one thing away from, take one thing away from Morsey, he always wins his one-to-one battle. Any midfielder up against him, he's got a whole, whole evening, a whole day, not looking forward to it, I'm sure. Because he will win and will battle and fight for the 90 minutes, 90 plus. So, again, my, my, it does land down to Morsey. So, I think the vote was right. It was. And, uh, yeah, two goals. Um, he also assisted, you know, Caden Jackson's goal against Lincoln. Um, but, yeah, a great month. And, of course, he, of course he came off injured. Um, and we thought, oh, no, it could be him done. But, thankfully, he's fine, as we said before. Um, Liam, over to you then. Um, Henry and Mark has covered all bases there. But, um Take it away. I'm sure you can find a way to, to add your input as well. Uh, well, the disadvantage of being last in this category is obviously everyone basically has completely mind-sweet every other player that could be possible. So um, it makes it very difficult. Um, but uh, I will have one thing to say about Wes Burns. He probably loses a mark for not running into the corner and keeping the ball at Oxford um, instead of taking on his man. But that's just a small gripe because he is just fantastic and is one of our most potent weapons. Um, but, I mean, in an alternative, you could look at the two um, on-loan players in Thompson and Backinson. In a, in a, I don't think they've probably done enough of the other players um, to be to winning it, but 
you could make honourable mentions to them because of the improvements they've made this month. I mean, it, you look at Thompson, he came off the back of a tough game at Morecambe where he was certainly at fault for the Morecambe goal with that terrible clearance. But this month he's looked really solid. And look, he isn't going to be Wes Burns. He isn't going to be someone who's flying down that side of the pitch. He is a defender first than an attacker. Um, but I think he's been really solid. And his game has got better and better as the month has, has gone on. Um, and Backington the same. He still frustrates me. He still periods where he gives the ball away really easily, a bit too languid at times, just just needs to be a bit more careful on the ball. Um, but I think you've seen a massive improvement in him, especially when he plays alongside Morsi. Um, but I think even when he's had a few games where he's had to play alongside Carroll, he's almost taken that role as being the lead man in the midfield. And he has improved massively, I think, um, and and it's been he's been a big part of why we've had such a good month. But it all swings back to Morsi, and as everyone's the way everyone said it, and I just think the game at Oxford. We've talked about Oxford already, but that second half was one of the most complete halves of football I think I've seen from any team for a long while. And okay, let's take out that final minute <laughs> and it didn't happen. The rest of that half was pretty much perfection. And the reason for that is because Morsi came on early in that second half and we had a different dimension. I don't think we're scoring if Morsi doesn't come on the pitch. And that shows you how vital he is to the team. And it shows you as well the fact that they were willing to risk him against Portsmouth even though they knew that it was always going to be a danger that he could injure himself worse than what he already was going into the game. And as it transpired, we lost him after 10 minutes, but they wanted to take that risk because of how important he is to the team. So I, I don't think you can look any any further than the captain. He, he, he has been the massive leader this, this month. And he's the one that is still keeping the fires burning, keeping everybody on their toes. And look, if we do make a, a miraculous run to the playoffs, I think a lot of it will be down to him and his leadership. All roads Indeed. lead to Morsey. Good, good saying that. Yeah, good saying that. I think, I think he will, he'll, he'll want that, Sam Morsey. Yeah, I have to agree with Liam. That's the podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say the, the comments about Backington and Thompson as well. I, I, they've definitely improved, and, and yeah, you know, I, I thought when Evans, uh, you know, was going to be out for a substantial period, I really thought that was going to be a massive loss because that that partnership was developing so well. But and Backington is he can be exceptionally frustrating, but again, he's progressed, you know, in his in his time with us. And Thompson as well has got better. You know, I, I watched him against Cheltenham, and Joe and I were sat right on the left touchline in the first half. And he's—he, I thought he looks athletic. He's got a good touch. There's more to come from that boy. I really do think there is. Um, I listened to the, the KOA social, and I'm sure um, Mr. Bacon suggested that he wouldn't sign those two permanently uh, at the end of the season if he had the opportunity. I'm not sure about that. I think there's potential in both of those. You know, and I, I think we could do well. And you know. What I find is quite pleasing is that we have the capacity now, which we haven't had for a long time, to improve players, to make players better players. 
you know, and I think that a, a really good coach like McKenna could do a lot with those two. Um, you know, there's work to be done, definitely. But uh, look at the improvement that we've seen in Wolferden, you know, since McKenna has come in. And if he can do that, you know, with, with players like Luke Wolferden, you know, I'm sure he could do it with with you know, with Thompson and Backerson as well. You know, and I think we could get some value from those two. So, and I also got to mention Sonia, you know, Aluka, if he played every game, you know, uh, you know, he'd be another one who'd be right up there for player of the month. I mean, he doesn't play every game and that, that obviously that, that, that counts against him. But there have been, you know, a couple of occasions where he's been absolutely outstanding. You know, and he is such a quality player, taking the ball in tight situations and, you know, running up players and, you know, and, and, and holding on to the ball and distributing the ball so well. I mean, he is a really, really class act. He really is. Uh, and he's also incredibly fit. I think, is he 32, 33 now? You know, he's he's coming to the twilight of his career for a forward, isn't he, really? But he still looks in great shape to me. So, and again, you know, isn't it amazing that there's so many players that we can consider for, for, for player of the month? I look back at the Paul Lambert days and you'd be kind of, you know, pick, any, pick anyone because they're all bleeding awful, you know? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, and of course, for future videos, future podcasts, we'll be doing, um, of course, looking at your player of the year and also looking at players out of contract because Sonny Aluko is top of that list. Will he get that new deal? Um, I'm sure he deserves it after the season he's had. Um, but that is another podcast video for another day and um henry i'm noting that down all roads lead to morsey <laughs> that is the title of today's podcast um so thank you very much for sorting that out early doors um well let's get right into some silly stuff then to break up the podcast it's time for the strike it's welsh mark henry and liam facing off to see who'll win this week's strike uh four question one tiebreaker um it all is all linked with cambridge and um, a random question about Cole Scoose, because it was his birthday this week. And the tiebreak is also Tommy Smith, because um, that was his birthday today, actually, as of recording. Um, so let's get right into the first question then. And it's on Jack Lancaster. Of course, he'll be returning to Portman Road this weekend with Cambridge. Um, he didn't come off the bench on Saturday for Cambridge, but you know he, he'll be up for this game, I'm sure. But let's get right into who set up Jack Lancaster for his first town goal against Millwall. Was it Freddie Sears, Teddy Bishop? Or Sheva Shalabar. So, uh, play at home, listeners. Let us know how you get on. So, if you um, one point, if you get it right. So, was it Sears, Bishop, or Shalabar? All right. I think it's a. Shalabar. I've gone, gone Sears. Sears. I've, gone Sears. I've, gone B. I've gone B. I've gone Bishop. Oh, so we've got three different answers here. One of you is right, obviously, <laughs> because, yeah. Um, and the person who's right is Liam from Crewe. It was Freddie Sears who set up Lancaster for his first town goal. He, of course, went on to score only one other goal. Of course, that late winner against Shrewsbury, which we probably shouldn't have beaten them because that was a disappointing performance from us. But enough of that. But um, there we go. 1-0 <laughs> to Liam. Question two is going back to 1991. Um, and now, who scored town's goal? In the last league meeting against Cambridge at Portman Road in 1991, Town lost 2-1 that day. Was it um, Stockwell? No. Yeah, Stockwell, Milton or Dazelle? Milton, Stockwell or Dazelle? Who scored that day? Yeah, 2-1 defeat. We've actually never beaten Cambridge in a league fixture. I'm going to say Dazelle, I think. Dazelle? I'm Stockwell. So, so all at once again, three of you um, <laughs> have done different answers. So one of you is right, and that person is right is Henry. It was good old Mickey Stockwell. Um, I don't know if you just caught my little uh, 
little blip <laughs> there where I said Stockwell. I meant the, didn't say Stockwell because Stockwell's the second option. And I said at first, and of course, I then looked and went, that's the answer. Luckily, um, only Henry picked up on that. So there we go. It's 1-1-0. One, one, Welsh Mark needs to get back into this. And can he get back in it with Cole Skews? Um, Cole Skews, of course, was famous for not scoring many goals, and it took him a while to score his first town goal. But how many games did it take him to score his first goal for the club? So closest to the correct answer gets the point. If you get a bang on, you get two points. Mm. It was a good strike, wasn't it? Was it, was it against right. Borough? Uh, no, Cardiff. Cardiff. 147 Welsh mark. I was going to say 125, but yeah. Is that what you're going for? Yeah, okay. I'll go one sixty, which I think is wrong. But yeah, you're you're all the well off. I feel sorry for Cole here. It was only eighty two games, just eighty two games. <laughs> I thought he played more than that, but hey, yeah. No, he played. Yeah, he played more games, but it was how many games did it take him to score his first goal? Yeah, I know, I know. But yeah. I thought I thought he had he had played quite a few games before he scored. Eighty two is a few games if you think about it. Um, but. I think Liam, you were the closest, weren't you? I think who was closest? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. a really bad one, but yeah, but, yeah, but, by default. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I may just give you, I may just give you half a point, maybe. I don't know. No, I'll give you a point. <laughs> so Liam is currently in the lead. Uh, Welsh Mark. Well, yeah. Sorry to say, uh, yeah, zero. Um, and I don't think there's an opportunity for you to come back here. Well, we'll wait and see. I have um, kept a clean yes. sheet though. Yeah, <laughs> Christian Walton back, back free. They're happy. Yeah. Uh, the question four is the last time the Blues in Cambridge face at Portman Road is in the League Cup during the 1993-94 season. But who won the competition that year? Was it Manchester United, Sheffield Wednesday or Aston Villa? A nice little fun fact when you um, when we find out the answer. I've got a nice little fun fact for you. Uh, I think it is Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, I've gone Sheffield Wednesday. Okay. Can Welshmark get back into this? Oh, you're muted, my friend. Villa, yeah. He's gone Villa. I'm going to have to go for Villa to be different now, aren't I? Yeah, It's not going to help me. One person is right. And obviously, that's Welshmark. Because, uh, so yeah, Aston Villa, they beat May United that year. 1-0. I know, sorry, no, 1-0. They won on penalties. Um, Dally Nackerson scored that day. Of course, um, famously a, a town and he scored. Yeah, he scored and Ross, goal, Ross, him. you said it was all over, and here we are. Yeah. Or, or well, technically Liam's one, two, one, one. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I, made, I made it to the it, playoffs, haven't I? Really? Come yeah. on. And you said it was yeah, all over. Well. Come on. Yeah, very true. But well, well done to get that final one there. But we have a tiebreaker. Is Liam going to gamble? Are you going to gamble? Yeah, I may as well. Everyone gambles, yeah. so... Go on, then. Go on, then. Um, as I said, it is a question Sorry. from Tommy Smith. Um, it's Tommy Smith's birthday today as a recording, Thursday, the 31st of March. Um, let me quickly double-check how old he is, actually. Um, Cole Scoose was 36 this month. Um, he turned 36 on... He's 32. Smith? Is that part of the quiz? No, it's 32. Yeah, he's 32, but that's not part of the quiz, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, is actually how many goals did he score for town in 267 games? So, yeah, how many goals did he score? Of course, he scored a lot of goals from set pieces. Of course, Christoph Bearer and himself scored a lot of goals during the playoff season. Um, scored so, yeah. a great header, leads away. Great header, leads away. He did. 
Um, Liam, you can play, but it doesn't matter because you've, you've won. But uh, if someone gets a bang on, <laughs> they take your crown away. They take it out of your grasps. But um, if they don't get a bang on, you win it this week. 12. 17. 17. Liam, you can go for it. I was, I was going to say that 25, but I was going to say okay. 25. 25. That was my round number. Well, funny enough, Liam, you're actually the closest because it's 23. Mm. 23 goals. <laughs> Liam, you, you win 3 1. One. There we go. So, Liam, you've won this week. Well done. Uh, let us know how you all got at home. Um, there we go. That's just right. Done and dusted for another week. Um, yeah. Let's get right into the fans forum then. The takeaways from that um, was on Tuesday night. Um, I still haven't watched it. So, it's your, your guys. Oh, well, give me your takeaways from it. Uh, of course, I've seen bits and bobs people put in, the, the, in chats and, of course, Stu's piece online and all the other bits and bobs. But, um, Chance now for your takeaways from it. Um, I'm going to watch it at some point, but just haven't found time to watch it yet. But uh, Welsh Mark, over to you then. Um, what's your main takeaways from it? It's just great. Once again, we've got three people who are one of the you know big people at the club. You know, Mark Ashton, Kieran Kenner, the manager, and of course Andy Rolls, the head of performance. So takeaways, my friend. Well, I enjoyed the, the, the little bit about Simpson and his contract. That was quite illuminating. And I was quite uh, intrigued by uh, Ashton's comments about not being held to ransom by agents. I quite liked that. I thought that was that was interesting. I think there's more to that story. And I'd like to know what the, what, you know what the truth of it is. There are lots of rumours flying around. But that was certainly very interesting. Um, I was fascinated by the talk about the developments of the training ground. That sounds really interesting. You know, three pitches, you know, of high quality. And, and the idea that um, McKenna has drones flying around, you know, while they're, while they're training. I was intrigued by that. And I'd love to know what those drones do, uh, you know, and, and what, they're, what they're recording and how they use that data. Um, a, a fantastic opportunity to speak to, the, to, to, to those three. And I have to say, again, as he has all season, McKenna is such a, a thoughtful manager. He speaks so well and he thinks everything through and none of his answers are, are, are rushed or hasty. You know, they're all very well considered. Um, I, I left it thinking we're, in, we, you know, we're we're in safe hands, and you know I'm really interested in the in the in the plans to develop the training grounds and you know the piece of land they bought at the back of Portman Road. What they're going to do with that? The change of sponsorship is going to be interesting. Edge here and Adidas next season. I, I got a feeling that we may not be, unfortunately, Ross, with Adidas next season. I, I think perhaps there's a that somebody else is coming in there, but that's going to be very interesting. Um, yeah, but I. I, I you know, I took a few things away from it. I totally agree about the bottles. You know, that was a biggie, really. <laughs> I mean, that's that's outrageous and, and quite right to ask that question as well because that's been bothering me for decades. It really has. Um, you know, and I'm glad Mr. Ashton is, is going to sort that one out as well. And and, and the uh, and the water and the toilets as well was is, has been a big concern for a number of years. I'm, I'm glad that was addressed. So, you know, all that aside, I thought it was terrific. I really enjoyed listening to Ashton. And I listened to him again on Talking Town yesterday and, and, the, and, the, and the piece he done there. And um, I know that Bristol City fans give him a little bit of stick. But I do think that um, he, you know, he, he strikes me as very professional, very ambitious, very switched on. Um, and I love the, you know, his comment about the twenty-eight thousand, you know, weekly at, at, at Portland Road. I thought, yeah, I thought that, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Twenty-eight thousand every week in League uh, One, uh, in League One, absolutely madness. Uh, and um, I, I did stick on Twitter 
uh, and I saw that 2,000 season tickets have been sold within the first, I don't know how many hours, and I actually misread it, and I thought it said 20,000. And I said to my <laughs> wife, I said, oh, hell. I said, they sold 20,000 season tickets in this space of time. And, and eventually my wife said, put your glasses on, Mark. So I did, and I said, oh, sorry, I, I go back. But I, I, I actually <laughs> believed it. I, you know, I, was, I thought, my God, that's amazing. And, you know, to, you know I, I thought, good God, incredible. But, but I actually did fall for it, you know, to be fair. Uh, and I don't think it's entirely impossible, actually, at the moment, if things keep going the way they are. But, no, I, I left it thinking that, that we're in safe hands and that the, the, the plans are sound and solid. And I think that the next couple of years are going to be very, very exciting. You know, and I think that um, we've got the right man at the wheel, definitely, in Kira McKenna. I think Mark Ashton is a very, very good appointment. And I think he's very astute and very switched on. And the new head of recruitment coming in as well, that is, that's very exciting because that's something that we've been desperately lacking for a number of years and I hope that we can widen our net and find those technically gifted and athletic players that will fit into the McKenna system and I think that you know when all these things fall into place and I feel that we've got a long way to go um it, it's going to be very exciting you know and, and I left you know I, yeah I thoroughly enjoyed it and I left feeling even more confident in in, in the future for this football club than I, I have for a long long time so I, yeah those are my takeaways they're fantastic thank you very much for that Welsh Mark um, over to you then Henry your your takeaways from it um, it's just great that we have this platform now is it would there have been a question you would have asked if you had the opportunity to I, in terms of I'm keen to learn more about McKenna's style of leadership if you think about the managers we've had in the most recent past all very dated maybe dinosaur like uh, whereas now sort of McKenna embodies the type of like a new modern style of leadership, compassionate, empathetic, thoughtful, but extremely diligent, really well thought out what he says and gains respect, not through shouting, but through uh, like knowledge and understanding and, and getting on well with people. Uh, you can see that with Wolfenden, you can see that with Jackson. Um, and you can see, there was, I think Ashton said in, in one of the recent uh, videos he did, in terms of recruitment, if we are back five, he calls it four and a half because he has. He can't say Burns is the is the right wing back really. So you can see it's all very well thought out. He's he's pre like pre prepared, but understands players and understands personalities, which I think if if they Nolan and Jackson under Lambert, they didn't he didn't like him, so he chucked him in an under twenty threes. What a terrible style of leadership that is, and how to get people on board. In comparison, you've got everyone singing from the same hymn sheet. You've got people working towards the same goals. And to add to that, you've then got Ashton, who is singing from the same hymn sheet above him. Um, he's an excellent public speaker. He's very slick. Uh, he says all, he knows all the right things, says all the right things, but is making a, a massive difference behind the scenes, I think. He's, he's running it like a business, and he understands business clearly. And he sees... Um, sees where the club can go which is always quite exciting he is very quick to highlight there is lots to do at the club so he's given himself a bit of time telling us how much there is to do um but if you compare our situation currently and how we're talking about our backroom staff our boardroom in comparison to those down the road they're very disgruntled around what Webb has been doing all the type of stuff ownership and all that and that then leads to sort of a quite a toxic atmosphere, maybe, in comparison to what we've got right now at, at Ipswich. So long may it continue. Hopefully it brings actual success on the pitch rather than just successful infrastructure and all that type of stuff. 
Um, with Rolls there, Andy Rolls there, clearly very, very talented, but also very humble in terms of he was pretty keen to praise other people rather than himself, um, which was great. And it's also nice to see some transparency from the top. Um, even though we probably don't have much of a say of what happens, but it feels like we have more of a say. Uh, one question I'd ask, does Ash Ashton comb his beard? It looks so smooth every time. Um, that's probably about it, actually. But yeah, it was great. I really enjoyed it. And um, hopefully they keep continue to do more. I, did, I enjoy McKenna's press conference after every game. The analysis he gives to fans and and those just, just bystanders is great. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, sometimes I feel like you learn something new about football when he when he speaks about it. You just see the game completely differently because he's just he's so in-depth and it's just great to see. And uh, on the Mark Ashton question, I do sometimes uh, comb my beard, but sometimes I'm lazy. Um, like today, very lazy <laughs> today, I haven't bothered. Um, just a little insight there for you guys for my beard. Um, Liam, over to you then. Your takeaways, the big one, of course, is always going to be asking about transfers, what we're going to do in the summer, um, pre-season. It sounds like we could have gone to Austria, but we're not. Uh, it looks like we're going to stay here. But um, what are your main takeaways? Uh, bottle tops and ball boys. Um, <laughs> there's a there's a headline for the podcast if you want it uh, to rival. Um, no, uh, I mean I, everyone said it already. It's really refreshing how transparent the club are being now with with everything that's going on and keeping us all all um, infused, all excited about the future. Um, I would I would make um, a little bit about what Mark said about the 2000 season tickets. He didn't mention that 41% of them are new people. And that's that, that has got to be really exciting. But all of a sudden, we've had years and years and years of people going away from the club it's just it, it's been such a drain on everybody's lives, I think, um, and a lot of people just had enough. But and now a lot of these people that have potentially uh, left us are coming back, and we're also getting completely new people who can see what's happening, which is so exciting. And look, it might be a bit of a struggle to get to twenty-eight k average next season, but who's to say we can't? be 25 26 that 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 would be a, a great i mean we're averaging about that now anyway most of the crowds have been between 23 and 26 in the time mckenna's been in um a whole season of that i could see that especially with the fact that town are being competitive um and on the front of players i mean obviously they know exactly what they want but I mean, just um, Mark Ashton adding a little bit extra on uh, the podcast he did with uh, Blue Monday. He talked about the um, cost protocol management because um, he was asked about that um, and asked about whether that would impact on the players that we can bring in. And he said that we're in complete control of that. and We know exactly where we are and we've got no issues. We're not being bound by that. So, obviously, the question from last week about whether we could sign any of the on-loan players, i.e., I think Selena being the biggest one, and a lot of people's worry is is that um, we wouldn't be able to afford his wages 
for inside that cost management protocol at this level sounds like we might actually be able to do that and so if we can do that we might be able to obviously bring in even more decent players that might look at Ipswich and go yep we're on board for the future so everything is is really exciting and um you, you can't wait can you really to see it all hopefully click into place and where this will end it, it's just going to be so exciting being on that ride. I didn't know you were going to end there, so I was just reading something. But no, always good insight, my friend. Uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, but no, um, I'm sure they're going to do another fans forum probably at the end of the season just to sort of wrap up the, the season and all that sort of stuff. That's just me guessing. I don't know if that, that is confirmed or whatever, but I'm sure they will do continue doing it because it's a nice platform for fans to go in. I know there was Matt Macon and uh, good old Thomas Seggins there from the KO Army. Um, of course, Matt did a question on the women's team, which is always great to hear from as well. Um, but there we go. Let's get right into then this weekend. Cambridge United are in town. Of course, we've got to revenge them after their late equaliser earlier in the season when the game 2 0 up. We were Sonny Luco's two goals, and then they came back to the draw 2 2. Um, Mark, thoughts going into this one? Of course, it will be, um, of course, uh, dedicated to her game two as well. Um, this weekend is a double bill of fixtures for Richard Rich. Of course, um, they're playing, uh, the women's team playing Southampton for the her oh, game okay. two thing um but yeah Cambridge United um 16th League One two young managers facing off uh, Mark Bonner their manager he's only 36 Kieran McKenna 35 so um it'll be very interesting how they're gonna face off yeah two young managers Cambridge I think are 16th at the moment uh they conceded quite a lot of goals uh against sides in the top 10 recently I, I think somebody put six past them but was it Sheffield Wednesday put six past Sheffield them Wednesday, yeah. yeah so defensively they are a fragile might be a polite way of putting it. Um, and, you know, we have been saying for a while, somebody's going to get a battering when everything clicks for us. I think Portman Road Saturday, decent crowd, 24,000 potentially, I think. Um, I, I think we're going to win. I think we're going to win 3-0. It might even be 4-0. And I'm 100% convinced Macaulay Bond is going to break his duck and score on Saturday. I just have this feeling. I don't know what it is. Crystal ball premonition, something in the water. I just think that the time is right. Macaulay Bond is going to score a goal, maybe even two on Saturday. Um, and I think we're going to win. It's going to be a resounding win. I don't see us conceding a goal. Um, I mean, we've conceded one goal, one goal in the month of March, one goal in five games. That's not bad, is it? Um, I don't see us conceding against Cambridge. I see us winning 3-0, possibly 4-0. And I think it's going to be a it's it's going to be a good one. Uh, you know, I think this is a game we have to win. If we if we have any remote hope of, uh, of making the playoffs, we have to win this one and we have to win it comfortably because there are tougher games to come, particularly over Easter. So, yeah, I, I think we're going to win this game. I don't think the side is going to be greatly changed. I think we're going to have Prosy Salina and Aluko behind Bonn. Um, potentially Norwood could play. I don't know. I don't know. You can never predict the front three. You really can't. Or you can never predict who's going to play at the front of the front three. Um, so that's going to be a tough one to call. But I, I do think it's going to be a, a, a good performance and a, and, a, and, a, and a comfortable win on Saturday. Hopefully so. I'm going to put you down, though, to put your prediction. You've got, you got to only have one. Yep, I'm going to go for 3-0. 3-0 and, and McCauley Bond to score. Okay, then. There we go. Um, over to you then, Henry. Um, how are you feeling going into this one? Uh, Cambridge United, 
had a good season in League One, you know, after their first season back in League One. I think they're, they're pretty happy, their fans. I think they're happy that they're coming to Portman Road, you know, 2,000 of them coming. It should be a, a good day all round. Uh, what do you reckon? It's a holiday for them, like in Cambridge. Um, they'll, well, they're not worried about it. You've just got Wes Houlihan who might pop up, the long, long-haired wizard, who's uh, who always a menace against Ipswich. and uh, reminds me of horrible days um, <laughs> back in the, in the derbies. But overall, I think, I don't think, I don't think this team, I think it was also interesting. McKenna talking about the Oxford game and I think the, the guys or the, the team got a bit emotional, a bit too emotional after scoring and, and not really levelling out. I think uh, a goal early, I think a goal early will settle us down. I think I really want, I really want Bond to score. I want him to score every game. Um, but I think it would be harsh on Norwood to drop him because Norwood did pretty well holding the ball up, running in behind. Um, again, I was pretty similar to Mark before. I was going to go three nil, but I'm not going to copy him. Uh, and I'll go for go on a four nil, a four nil win. Norwood double, Iluko one, Selena one, and I, I think it'll be a good day, a good day out of Portman Road. You're not gonna, you're not gonna get Bond to score. You want him to score. Oh, yeah. you? <laughs> 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 yeah, he won't go on the pitch. We, we, he won't get on. Oh, oh, it's not gonna. It's not gonna help his confidence, is it? Um, but yeah, yeah hopefully he will, he will find out that goal goal scoring run again at some point. Um, of course, he needs to do it soon because the games are running out. Um, but no, four 0 We'll be happy with that. Be happy with three 0 uh, Liam, over to you then. Uh, can you top that? We're we gonna score five six. Um, I think as we said, as Welsh Mark said, McKenna said it could be a thrashing at some point. Um, how you feeling going into this one? Uh, I would love to say that, but it won't. <laughs> uh, I think I think we'll win. I think we'll win, and I think it'll be an action replay of Lincoln. I think we'll be so comfortable that it, it'll be a two 0 win. I think I, we. The, I would love to say that we will batter them because everyone else has been battering them, and we are due a battering. But I just don't see who in the ranks up front is going to suddenly score a load of goals. They might get one, but I can't see them banging loads in in one game. Um, but we're going to win. I, I, I have full confidence. Uh, as Mark said, we, we have to win. The, the season's been on life support for a long while. So um, every week we keep winning just keeps us alive another week. And if you look at if you look at the last six games, you've got this one followed by Shrewsbury away, and then you've got Crew and Charlton to end the season. That's that's four games that you conceivably say we should win, regardless of the situation of those clubs. We should be winning those games, whatever. It will then come down to that Eastern weekend against Rotherham um, and Wigan. And I'm on the I'm on the the side that I think. Wigan, I think we can beat Wigan at Portman Road. I don't think, um, I think we could beat anyone at Portman Road the way we're playing, um, even if it's just a, a 1 0 win. Rotherham will be tough, but again, if we won every game 1 0 now and got into the playoffs, I would not care a job. But I think, I think we'll win on Saturday against Cambridge. Um, it looks like they're potentially maybe on the beach now that they've secured pretty much safety because I don't think they're in any any trouble now of getting relegated so I think we'll we'll win the game because it's much bigger need for us um and we'll just keep keep going and 
see where this takes us and maybe in another few weeks we'll just start believing again. It feels weird that normally at this time of the season we're normally on the beach because we've, you know, bulged up the season and uh, normally we've got nothing to play for. But at the moment, just that slim chance, just that slim chance. Um, this weekend, as, as Welsh Mike said, it is a must-win game. If we do draw, even sadly lose, goodbye season. Um, Welsh Mark, any other notes from yourself before we wrap up? No, I think Liam is right. There's four games there that we have to win, and this is the first of those four games. And then those two fixtures over Easter, you know, I think realistically, uh, we, you know, we have to win one of them. If we win five out of these six games, we're still in with a very slim chance of getting in the playoffs. You know, I think we can afford to lose or draw one, and that's it. But there are four games that we have to win. This is one of them. Shrewsbury next week is going to be tough because they're actually on a decent run of form recently. Um, and that's not going to be easy. They've been scoring quite a lot of goals up there. Um, so that's not going to be an easy game. I would expect us to 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 win the two at the end of the season uh, comfortably. Um, Rotherham is going to be tough because you know historically they're kind of sides that um, give us a really tough time because they're big and physical and direct. Um, we're a little bit more astute under uh, uh, McKenna. We're not conceding goals that we used to. So you know perhaps you know we, we can make, give a better account of ourselves against Rotherham than we did uh, in the previous fixture of the season. So yeah, a bit, a bit of uh, yeah, if we've got to win. We've got to win five out of six. Uh, otherwise, you know, that life support machine is going off and it's last rights. Indeed. Um, Henry, over to you. Any other notes before we wrap up? I think um, I just want to say once again, of course, her game two, uh, a big thing that is, is a dedicated weekend all around the country. Um, of course, we, we came out with the stat, not a great stat, that the, what's the stat? Yeah, 80% of the club's season ticket holders are female. Hopefully that will keep continue to grow. Um, but yeah, Henry, any other notes, my friend? Um, on top of that, it's great, obviously great to see that be part of the game. It's fantastic. It's a fantastic initiative, as well as the club being open enough to release those that information. Not every club has done that yet. Um, so hopefully we start setting a trend to releasing that info. Uh, on top of what Mark said there, we teams around us and stats around getting into the playoffs, points and the average point you need really is getting around the 75 mark. It, it, it's getting high, higher and higher. Um, and so Plymouth have got a lot of tough, tough set of fixtures left. Uh, Sunderland are doing a classic Sunderland. Um, and you've got other teams, fair play to them if they keep pushing on the way they, where they are at the moment. But you'd really think that there'd be a blip somewhere. Um, we're only conceding one, 11 out of 15 points in a, in a month and not really going anywhere in the league. <laughs> it's quite unfortunate, really, for a side in, um, in full flow. It's like Blackpool last season managed to scrape into the playoffs on a good run because teams kept dropping out. We haven't had a couple of teams dropping out quite yet. If we keep doing what we're doing, we can only try and win every every game. We can't uh, help what happens in other games. So, fingers crossed for the rest of the season. Fingers crossed uh, my hotel at Wembley is still relevant. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll be, hopefully be there at the end of the season. We shall see. Um... Yeah, you may have to cancel that if uh, yeah this weekend doesn't go the way we were hoping it will go. Um, Liam, over to you there, my friend. Any final notes before we wrap up? Um, I mean, it is it is doable, but I think the big issue is it's the traffic that is the issue for us. If we if we were seventh right now and five points behind six, then I, I would be looking at it and going, yeah, we're still in with a real chance at the playoff. But when you've got three teams ahead of you, 
um, who aren't even in the playoffs, or two teams, I think it is, and it? it's Wickham and Sunderland at the moment. Um, it, it makes it really difficult because one team usually comes out, and that's the reason why we remain nine for this time. One team comes out, someone else pops in, and the gap to the playoffs by points suddenly gets bigger again because someone else has gone in, and then it just keeps swapping. And so it's the traffic that is making it really difficult. So we'll wait and see what happens. But just on the her game too, I mean, fantastic initiative. Um, uh, neither market have just signed up to that tonight. Um, which I've just put the, the tweet out at tea time. So uh, um, we're, we're very proud to be doing that. Um, and and obviously just uh, a very uh, good luck. I'll be there on Sunday for the girls at the Gold Star in what is pretty much a massive title six-pointer at the top against Southampton, which hopefully will... Uh, give us some success this season. Indeed. And yeah, little plug there for to listen to Track the Girls Talk if you haven't already with uh, Blue Wilson, myself and Eva Hobbards looking ahead to the game and to looking just all things at your town women's team. But um, no, it's been another fantastic podcast. It's been a pleasure to be joined by good old Welsh Mark, Henry and good old Liam from Crew discussing all things town. Um, of course, we've got to do the Final little bits of um, plugging, shambles, outro. Let's get into it. Let's not me any waffle any more longer. Of course, we are sponsored by Manscaped.com. Use the code KOA. You get 20% off and free delivery for all your shaving needs, your balls and your nose hair will thank you and all that sort of stuff. Um, of course, follow us on Kings of Angle on all the social media, um, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that sort of stuff. Um, and of course, follow the game of us this weekend's um, game day and in do react on the website, all the other um, insight that we'll be bringing you. And we're back next week to bring you more podcasts, more videos, loads of content to bring you as we look forward and just excited for the rest of the season. Um, I'm going to shut up now. Goodbye for now. Thanks once again, Welsh Mark, Henry and Leah for joining me. From true crime to football, Brexit to football, more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.
Flash Audio.